0: to Manners and Madness. My name is Maya Adkins. And
1: I'm Christian Cabrera. And welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm Ben Durant. And I'm Brian Kazaska. And we're all kind <laughs> of come together here. This is so exciting. We've got two podcasts. We've kind of joined to talk about <laughs> uh, the psych episode, Dual Spires. It's the, In December here, it's, it's the 10th anniversary of this episode that's the kind of the spoof on Twin Peaks. So it's so exciting to get to talk with you all.
0: Wow, I can't believe it's 10 years since this show came out. Yeah. (laughs) I loved Psych so much back in the day. (laughs) Such a fun show. Yeah. And and,
2: and, uh, fun fact, this is the only episode I've ever seen a Psych. I've now seen this episode twice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Well, there's something we do on our podcast at the beginning called First Impressions, where we love to get people's first impressions when they first saw it. And it's always great when you've just seen it for the first time. So what was your first impression?
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, years ago, I had to watch this episode. We did a Christmas episode. We talked about uh, parodies and, uh, you know, things like that in that nature with Twin Peaks. And Dual Spires came up, which I didn't know. I didn't know. I knew Psych was a show on USA, but I never watched it. (laughs) I didn't know they did a Dual Spires thing. So I watched it and I thought it was so cool to see all the nods. And obviously uh, the creator um, and the writers obviously knew the show very well of Twin Peaks. And they actually, it felt like a love letter. I would have to say to Twin Peaks and the fact that they had a reunion of sorts with the cast, with the original cast and crew before season three was a thing, you know, before anybody else was doing, before it became popular again they brought these people back. And I, ever since then, you know, we've had a a lot of these people on our podcast and I wish I asked them about how was the dual Spires episode? Cause (laughs) I want to know, like, what were they thinking? Like, wow, we're having a reunion, an unofficial reunion. Yeah. I think it's a great show. You know, TV is just so good right now and there's so many shows and the list gets longer and longer. I don't think I'll ever watch Psych, not because I'm saying it's a bad show by any means. I, I did enjoy what he, I saw, but every time I think I could watch something I want to, something else comes along and then I'm <laughs> watching that. So it's oh. hard. So I'll get to Psych maybe one day, way later,
1: but yeah.
3: <laughs> I, overall it
1: is.
2: show. Yeah.
3: yeah,
1: and to put this into perspective, so this is 2010 that this, this episode aired. And so this is before the Missing Pieces Blu-ray. This is before the announcement of Showtime coming back. So this is like, really, like, this is maybe the best we could get for our Twin Peaks reunion. Like, you know, a lot of times people thought Twin Peaks was never going to come back now. So to have it, 20th anniversary of Twin Peaks, to have this special episode was, was pretty cool.
0: Well, for me, I was, like, a huge Twin Peaks fan, and I introduced a lot of my friends to it, but I was never, like, part of the fan community, so I didn't really know that it had as much love as it did. And Psych was also one of my favorite shows. It's like a show for me, I could rewatch it a million times. Although it's funny you say that, we've been having an ongoing discussion on our podcast about how I can't watch TV right now. So it's been like, every good show, I'm just like, I can someday I'll watch it. So when I saw this episode, it was like, oh my God, my two favorite things are colliding in one and it's the best. And um, yeah, since then I've tried to recreate that (laughs) podcast. But I'm curious, Christian, what were you, what was your first impression too? Because you just saw it.
4: Yeah, I just watched it this morning. Uh, I am somewhat familiar with Psych. Towards the end of my days in high school, there was a lot of reruns on USA. Um, <laughs> so I would watch it just like flipping the channels like on the Saturday after I'd woken up at like noon. And... I always loved it. I thought it was funny. I never really committed to watching it but it was kind of like a weird double nostalgic feeling of watching a Twin Peaks slash psych episode. It was like (laughs) double nostalgia. It was really funny and stupid and I really like shows that are like that and then to have like all the cameos and then even cameos that I didn't even know about. I talked to Maya about all these people in season two that I'm not gonna meet so it's really it was (laughs) really interesting. I really liked it.
0: Yeah it's really fresh for you especially because you're you're just really new into Twin Peaks, even. <laughs> right.
4: Yeah, and I love this, like, the idea of, like, crossover kind of things between, like, two big TV shows. We don't really see that a lot these days, but I just, like, I always think it's so much fun when they do that.
2: Now, one question about Psych, and I know this is the Psych podcast, but when <laughs> I was going through the list of shows, because it happened in season five, I was noticing a pattern. Did they do this a lot with other genres, or did they pay tribute to other shows i'm assuming
0: oh yeah they always i mean like half the episodes were special in some way all all the opening credits would change all the time depending on what genre that episode was they did musical episodes for several seasons yeah it was just always silly fun and always paying homage and like you know, it's just a million references. It's just a really f- a fun show.
1: The main character <laughs> Sean Spencer loved to do random references to, of TV shows. So he'd really, like he he would compare. It's like oh, like like General Hospital or like something. But I mean, he, <laughs> he that was something he was just known for in every episode. Like when he was, you know, he's a detective, he's a psychic detective, and he would, when he was talking to people he was investigating, he would make these random references to <laughs> movies and TV and stuff, so yeah. yeah. And Him so this, and
0: Gus have like their own language. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So this idea actually came up in the first season of, of Psych, and it was a James Roday. So he, he was a big fan. He's the star, Sean Spencer, he's the star of the show, and he wanted to do a, back in the first season but it took to this fifth season to this uh, fifth season for him to actually be able to get get to pull off this episode
0: so we start off at the psych office And Sean is learning about how a woman in Washington invented some silent window shades.
5: Dude, do you know they make silent window shades? (laughs) Which,
0: a great Nadine reference right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) love it. Gus gets an email asking them to please come to the Cinnamon Festival in Dual Spires. And they look it up and the town is so small that it's in parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) So they decide to go.
5: (laughs) How the heck did we get this email? It's a delicious mystery. Think about it. A tiny little town we've never even heard of? What's your schedule look like? I'm open till my route tomorrow. Let's see here. I'm good till next WrestleMania.
0: So they get to the town. Uh, the sign is you know, very Twin Peaks, but very, much smaller. And it says population 288. And everyone is riding around on bicycles.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gus, maybe the first black person the town has ever seen. <laughs> a little girl <laughs> asks him if he's Frederick Douglass.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it made me kind of think about Twin Peaks because I don't yeah. think there was a black person on Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was like no.
1: two. Come on, there was the the gym coach wrestler in college. Oh, you're there. right. But he showed up in season two. Yeah. Oh, right. Well,
0: that's a common criticism of Twin Peaks and yeah. um, of David Lynch in general, I would say. Mm. But also Jane Austen. So. <laughs>
1: Which is what, partly what your podcast is, right? I mean, Jane Austen and, yeah. and David Lynch.
0: Yeah, we didn't mention our podcast is also not just David Lynch, but it's also Jane Austen. It's half and half. <laughs> <laughs> so they stop for a bite at the Sawmill Diner where Bob Barker, a.k.a. Dana Ashbrook, a.k.a. Bobby, <laughs> is working.
5: Hey, tell good morning to you boys. Robert Barker, hey. you can call me Bob. Just passing through. We're here for the festival. We take our cinnamon very seriously. Well, then you're in luck because so do we. Ninety years running. Why do you call you down at the sawmill? Because that's what it used to be. Most of it burned down back in '58. Granddad turned it into this place, and now it's just a bit of a local landmark.
0: Gus gets introduced as Lodge Blackman because that's something they do in every episode. Sean introduces him with a different alias. <laughs> 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 the music is, I think, it's, it's done by Julie Cruz.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's the it's the theme music of Psyche sung by Julie Cruz. And, you the, know, I
0: just the meant Rona the like regular music,
2: through. music throughout. Oh, it, like Angela Batamente esque music. It is
1: yeah, very. definitely. It's, Julie Cruz did the theme song, and at the end of the episode, it'll be her singing. mean um, there's another song at the very end that is. You Julie know. Cruz.
0: If she did all the like interstitial music where like when they walk in the diner and play it on the...
1: I don't know that. I just know that 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 song at the end with the jukebox, people dancing and stuff is a Julie Cruz song. I I should know it, but I don't... I can't think what it is now.
0: Well, I wrote the music is very Julie Cruz. So So they have some piping hot apple cider and a slice of cinnamon pie, which by the end, I was really wanting some cinnamon pie. Mm. Never had cinnamon pie, but I want some now. Uh, we meet Michelle Barker, a.k.a. Robin Lively, a.k.a. Lana, who Christian has never met yet.
1: <laughs> and it's funny that, uh, you know, in w- it was only when they first meet her that uh, Sean, I think they said Shelly, so Michelle, Shelly, but I think uh-huh. I think Bob does call her Shelly, as in Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> not Shelly,
4: but it is. Yeah.
1: It.
0: yeah, Christian was saying he missed Shelly. He wanted Aww. her to be in this. I, yeah.
4: Shelley. I always not more Shelly.
0: Yeah, and it seems like that's just the kind of thing she would be up for nowadays, you know? Yeah. With Riverdale and everything. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I always think of Robin Lively as a teen witch, though, personally. <laughs> she's, she's Bob's wife, um, and she looks very sad when we meet her. And then Sheriff Andrew Jackson introduces himself, a.k.a. Harold, a.k.a. Lenny Von Dolan, Dolan? Is it Dolan? Yeah,
1: Harold Smith there from yeah. Twin Peaks. <laughs> a- Andrew Jackson is another president, right? We had uh, Harry S. Truman and now we have a... Uh... Yep. Yes.
5: <laughs> Sheriff Andrew Jackson, you No, know, we had the opportunity to put up some of those fancy towers, but folks decided a basic landline was fine with them. I, I couldn't help but overhear that you're
3: in town for the festival.
5: It's rare to get visitors. Oh, we heard all about it on underthenail.com.
0: Oh, and we also find out that there's no cell towers in dual spires. <laughs> dun dun dun. Yeah. Sean says they found out about the Cinnamon Festival on underthenail.com. <laughs> and the sheriff and Michelle exchange a look. <laughs> And And the pie is amazing, of course. Sorry.
1: (laughs) When they were looking that up, I think when they got the email from uh, uh, underthenail.com, or or I think I got an email. It was from the Great Northern Newspapers. Oh, really? It was the Great Northern. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought, I'm sure I'm missing some visual gags as I'm writing this. (laughs) There's
1: so many references to Twin Peaks in this show.
0: Okay, so they go to the festival, and there is a cinnamon owl named Leo. (laughs) And the mayor is named Douglas Fur. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to know who will be the Cinnamon King. <laughs>
1: Ridiculous. And it it's
0: be... Randy, yeah. the town Bobby Briggs.
1: <laughs> and he does. He wears he wears his shirt across his, his, his yeah, around his body like like Bobby Briggs does. So very, very yeah. much Bobby Briggs. Yeah. He's, <laughs> He's got a the
0: Letterman jacket. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Sean realizes that. Oh, he um, realizes that there's a missing townsperson by the, he sees like the empty chairs and adds them all up in his psychic way and realizes that the chair next to the Barkers is the missing person.
5: There's a chair here for every person in town. Three are empty. Sheriff's talking, so that's one.
1: Check it out. There's one right next to the Barkers. Yeah
3: and I think,
1: I think how many there's a sign when he first comes in uh, to the the town and I, I should know the number is it 288 it's something yeah. like that 388 something it's a very low number but right it's he, so, he saw, so right so he <laughs> he saw that that's what the sign said so he was able to do the math but the funny thing is of course why why you would think that that sign was accurate i don't know why <laughs> it's a small town Ben I right, mean, so every day so. they change the sign it's like let's make it a
2: someone <laughs> dies, it's really subtracts. someone's born they add, yeah
1: yeah.
2: every day that it did kind of
0: look like it had been changed uh, <laughs> yeah so he goes over to talk to the Barkers and they admit that their niece Paula went missing and Sean offers to psychically investigate and they both offer to work for cider and pie
2: <laughs> as one would do as one would do We are available for
5: hire. We don't have much money. None of us do here. We believe it complicates things. Well, we have been known to work for cider and pie in the past. Oh, of course. As
0: much as you like.
5: We will find your niece. Thank you. Thank
0: you. you. Um, But there's someone else missing, Jack. And he rides up suddenly on his bicycle and says that something has happened at the lake. Something happened at the lake. Something happened at the lake. (laughs) Oh, I know it is. <laughs> and at the lake, there's a body wrapped in plastic. Oh And Cheryl Lee is there with the he, sheriff.:
2: <laughs> That was kind of a crazy scene, right? To see Cheryl Lee look down on another dead girl? I don't know. it was just weird. It was just right. weird seeing that scene. I thought it was weird for her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, this has got to be so surreal for her as an actress. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When they were when they were deciding to cast this episode, one of the first person was Cheryl Lee, they all they they just loved the idea of her unwrapping a girl in plastic. I mean, I guess that was the irony yeah. or-
0: were you expecting her to show up with Christian?
1: This point, I thought maybe oh, we were just getting one cameo,
4: like, oh, like here's your like little cameo. And then we kept getting more and more. So after her, I was like, anything is game, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially since you didn't recognize Robin Lively.
4: No yeah, so I, as far as I know, I was like we got one
0: <laughs> Well or Harold <laughs> right okay, oh yeah, so the we got the Twin Peaks music, the Barkers show up, and uh, Michelle screams, melodramatically, very Sarah Palmer. <gasps> <No! laughs> Bob cries over the body and Gus's sympathetic crying kicks in.
1: <laughs> everybody over the top is crying. I mean, yes. it definitely, I mean, it's being silly, like the idea that Sarah and, and Leland and everybody in the pilot was crying. I
0: mean, yeah, and I love Gus's sympathetic crying. It's yeah. like a running gag through the whole series. It's, it's the best. <laughs> and it's the perfect episode for it. And also, Sean gets a text Who killed Paula Merrill? And when you see it written out like that, you can tell that it's an anagram of Laura Palmer, very easily, very clearly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, my brain put it like Laura Palmer. Did I see that? Wait, I have to look at that again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the opening credits, and they're like slowed down. Julie Cruz theme song. (laughs) The, the text is the same green from twin peaks mm. yep. not yep. the same font but the same green <laughs> and we go back to the lake um i just want to mention
1: about the theme song so at the end of the theme song there's a white horse right there too so, oh yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. I noticed that.
1: so i mean that's something that is mentioned in twin peaks and a welcome yeah and,
0: yeah yeah <laughs> right after all the disused bicycles just a so, white horse
1: <laughs> so christian you haven't seen all of twin peaks yet are you in season two right now
4: No I have um I think I've seen like maybe a couple episodes of season two but I think we're kind of saving it for the podcast whenever we get to it. Nice. Um, But I've seen parts of three and it was very interesting.
2: Yeah. (laughs) we should stay away from spoilers right? Yeah right that's what I'm
1: getting
0: at. He hasn't seen season two yet.
2: Okay.
4: Or season
0: three. All right. There's only a couple things that I'm worried about him finding out but you know, I think be I, I was
2: there once, Christian. I was there once <laughs> <laughs> when we did our
1: show. I, Five years yeah. ago, that's where that's where we started with our show.
2: We would start off every interview with Ben would be like, "Brian has not finished. Don't say anything. <laughs> no spoilers." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I know. I should mention that Doc Gooden is gonna do a full autopsy. That's Shirley. I just love that her name is Doc Gooden. Yeah, <laughs> and Deputy Frost. Who is the yes, hawk kind of character? <laughs> he drives the Barkers home in a rickshaw.
2: <laughs> it was so weird. Like everybody, it's such a small town that you everybody uses a bike with, yeah. in a rickshaw. And
1: he's very much the hawk character. I mean, when he comes, when when he, right when he goes to pick them up, he gets off and touches the grass and says, "The earth is soft and moist." <laughs> but it's
2: like he's, he's like a tracker
1: or something, but he's just
2: yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i don't think he had any more lines i don't think that was a big that was it and i was kind of like saddened that uh they (laughs) underutilized i don't think he shows up again at all i don't think so (laughs) i know what a shame yeah
0: well even a lot of the cameos are just like one thing and that's it yeah
2: the
5: earth is soft and moist
0: Paula actually, interestingly, we find out grew up in Santa Barbara, which is where Sean and Gus are from. And Sean gets another text while they're at the lake with a coordinate of some kind, just like a series of numbers. Back in Santa Barbara, Jules, or Juliet and Henry, Sean's dad, are admiring a donut display from their new receptionist.
5: my years of police work, I've never seen
3: anything like
0: it. I know. Our new station manager is an angel sent from heaven. The donut display I dream about seeing someday. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> they say an angel sent it from heaven. So yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. similar to, to Cooper. A policeman's dream. Yep. Lucy sets
0: it up for us every night. Sean calls and asks Jules to look up Paula Merrill's record since she was from there, but they only get reception in one tiny spot in the whole town, so he takes one step and loses her. So they ride a tandem bike, Sean and Gus, to the doctor's (laughs) office. And on the sign, you can see that she does everything from psychiatry to veterinary medicine and literally about 20 different things in between.
5: Looks like the doctor stays pretty busy.
0: And her next patient is a mima bird. (laughs) Christian <laughs> knows about well that like, one? Wilder. Like, wilder. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Look at that bird.
0: <laughs> um, Sean does some questioning and observing. There's no signs of foul play. There's a really funny bit with Gus, who does not want to <laughs> take off his gloves and put on a gown. And Cheryl Lee is standing there with like her fingers <laughs> up <laughs>
2: the whole time. Yeah, she she puts the glove on and oh. she's got she's got like you know the lubrication ready and I'm like his his stomach hurts what is she doing (laughs) No.
0: yeah I mean Twin Peaks has its funny moments but I don't think Cheryl Lee has ever been involved in any of them except for maybe like just you and me the song
1: (laughs) (laughs) she mentions that she was um uh, Meryl's psychologist so she'd be like the Dr. Jacoby
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes But Catherine Coulson makes her guest appearance. She comes out of the grocery store or something with a log.
5: That kid has a secret.
0: What did grandma tell you about wandering off in the store? Oh, come
5: on. I was getting ready to say. That would have been too much.
0: Mm -hmm. And it looks like she's talking to it but it's actually her grandson
1: <laughs> yeah, the camera looks down like it's like it's a medium shot and then it, it kind of comes out and you see that she's actually talking to a child and stuff yeah,
0: yeah that's <laughs> they're great. like it would have been too much yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny story though about how she tried to bring the actual log from the show oh. to, to be on that they were saying in the Pally center but the airline wouldn't let her bring it onto the plane and she wouldn't check it in her baggage, so she decided not to bring it.
1: <laughs> yeah. We talked to her briefly before her passing and stuff, and, right, mentioned and she that. kind of mentioned that too, and, and she oh. said, right, at the Paley Center, about like, the log? You want to bring the log on the air? <laughs> that's oh, great.
0: That's amazing. And then she has a
1: mini log that she, w- she used to bring with her at places, so that one that she could put in her uh, suitcase.
0: Oh, that's so cool that you guys got to interview her that yeah. pally center thing she was just like the the highlight of the whole thing it's just her telling stories i was like oh, but i wouldn't give to just listen to Catherine gelson talk for a while i know
1: <laughs> and who I who knew i nobody knew that she was sick or even and stuff too that real yeah. quick i mean i just asked for 10 minutes and stuff like that i was just kind of like can we talk to you for 10 minutes and she, she agreed to 10 minutes interview and stuff and that was that was pretty special
0: that's awesome that's yeah. really amazing. that was
1: it for her character right i think she's called I yeah think, what's she called the log woman i think she's called <laughs> the log woman <laughs> Trying to look through. oh the wood woman i'm sorry she's called the wood woman and right in the paleo center uh that that discussion that i think she um she was calling it uh tinderwood or it was a firewood uh it wasn't even the log it was just oh yeah firewood
0: <laughs> yeah i noticed it was like flat
1: you know yeah. it looked like
0: yeah. a log from one angle but it was just flat <laughs> yeah Okay, so they see Randy after this, go by on a bike and they follow on their tandem bike and they do like a little bike chase over this little bridge that kind of looks like the train track bridge, I thought, from Twin Peaks a little bit. Right. And upon arrival, they discover that Randy is actually the sheriff's son.
5: Oh, sheriff. Didn't expect to see you here. I live here. What do you mean? Of course you do. You're Randy's Father. Yes. Wow. You guys have Bob Barker, Doc Gooden, and Randy Jackson all living in the same inlet town with no cars, cell phones, or internet. Sean, we need to pitch this to Mark Burnett. And
0: they, I know, (laughs) they offer their services as grief counselors. and on the way into randy's room we get a fan shot
1: Mm. yeah yeah (laughs) and and there's another fan shot later on so i mean they did they did the fan shot a few times
0: yeah (laughs) it's iconic (laughs) i swear they've just crammed as much as they could into this episode um upstairs randy is throwing darts he seems angry he says he was at the library when paula died and he says he loved her, and he mm-hmm. cries, and we get the twin pink, and Gus just can't help himself. He sympathetically cries, as well. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. We were going to see the world together. I'm going to be so lost without her.
3: Oh, Paula, Paula.
5: Dramatic, don't you? <laughs> you have a problem?
1: Very mu- much a call back to Bobby and and Dr. Kobe. Or, 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 yeah, was it? I think, yeah, where he was crying and then he kind of went down. I mean, he went on the couch and, and he cried. Oh, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, that was a great scene. So we go to the library. Sherilyn Finn is the librarian. <laughs> and her name is Maudette Hornsby.
1: I was trying to figure out what to play on uh, Modette. First of all, I've never yeah. even heard of that name. Like the Hornsby is very much like Horn, like Audrey Horn, but I'm,
0: I, I thought at I first there it was is Audette Audie in Modette. Yeah, I thought it was Audette at first, and then I heard the M later on I was like, oh, Modette. Right. So I think they were just saying the, the odd. They're like, what's another odd kind of word? <laughs> right, um, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks cherry is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Tricking cherry like,
2: coke?
1: You
0: yes. Know, cherry tattoo <laughs> or
2: something?
4: Right, like. later on
1: you'll see near her fingernail is a cherry.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> Very much into cherry.
4: Yeah. I'm Madette Hornsby. Isn't
1: cherry the best? The best what?
0: Uh, She has a special bond with Randy, and they find out in the library or figure out that the text they got was actually a Dewey decimal number. And they find the book, it's called Put Your Way to a Better Life by Earl Wyndham, which is a reference that (laughs) Christian won't get until the end. but, (laughs) uh, But it's actually a book on reincarnation very mark frost
1: (laughs) right i mean right it's just the 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 cover over the book and once they took that off they realized it was a different book
2: and who uses the dewey Decimal system anymore
0: (laughs) well in 2005 they probably still were right (laughs) and you know when i first saw
2: the uh the text with the numbers i was just like season three because it was coordinates (laughs) that's what i was thinking now can you imagine no spoilers christian don't worry but (laughs) there's coordinates but what if the coordinates were just the Dewey Decimal System, and it brought you to the library. Christian, you should. Has worry. anyone
0: checked? <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: what if this is where they got the idea? What if Mark Frost saw this episode and was like, mm, that's
0: an interesting thing? Wow. Christian, you should be Ryan worried. Blown.
1: Ryan will spoil everything. Don't listen to him it all. <laughs> no, not. honestly,
0: okay. there's nothing in season three that I feel like would matter if it got spoiled <laughs> so there's only like maybe three things in season two that i just the only reason i don't want to spoil is because i want to see his reaction for the first time
1: <laughs> right right yeah, that was the same right. with brian i want to see
0: but i think he'll be okay you're not a huge spoiler like you don't care about spoilers right not
4: really and my brain
2: will forget it in like a day yeah me too <laughs> dewey decimal system has a big moment in season three
0: (laughs) i am looking up the dewey decimal number (laughs) so we go back to the lake and um gus this time is talking to juliet because he said he had to be the one because he didn't like the way sean talks to her this is the whole running thing from the series which probably isn't important but i just thought it was funny (laughs) Uh, apparently, Paula Merrill drowned in Santa Barbara seven years ago. What? <laughs> 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 Mind blown. So they go back to the diner, and there's a strange man giving Sean and Gus a very Twin Peaks thumbs up.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very yes. much like the waiter um, uh, in the Great Northern there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carlton and Jules saunter in. They're here to ID the body because they never found it seven years ago when she supposedly drowned. All they found were her bike and sweater and a pile of chewed sunflower seeds. Hmm. (laughs) And Sean remembers Bob eating sunflower seeds earlier. So they all go to the Barker's house. (laughs) Lucy was Paula's mother and she ran away with her and she was on drugs and abusive. So they faked Paula's death so they could take her away. Carlton and Jules Lee, like, you know, go do police stuff because this is a crime, and Sean and Gus investigate Paula's room, and they find her secret diary, Mm. and it's written in Latin, at least part of it is.
5: Math was really hard today. Seems like normal high school stuff to me. Whoa. What is this language? Is this Chinese? No. It's Latin, Sean. Latin. Gus, Paula. Someone was reading her diary. We gotta find out what that says. Yeah, who do we know
0: that speaks Latin? So they call an old favorite from the series, <laughs> Father <laughs> Peter Wesley, aka Ray Wise. <laughs>
1: yeah, so Ray uh, Wise was right, was in a, in, a, in a previous episode of Psych. So they yeah. could just reuse that character who's already been established.
2: I was gonna yeah. ask that if th- he was a recurring character or was this the first time you saw him?
0: No, he was definitely in another one. I think it might have involved an exorcism of yep. some sort I, I'm <laughs> right.
2: Not sure. I wonder if they're like okay, we're setting him up on purpose because we know we're going to be doing this episode, so we set him up and we bring him in, it's not going to look weird.
1: I don't think so. I think they I no. think they liked Ray Wise and they got Ray Wise and then they, they when they were doing they were putting this together, they were like, well, why create a new character we already have him. Well, you have Ray Wise.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that Sean or um, James Roday was probably already a fan of his and was like yeah, yeah. Let's, you know right. <laughs> since he wanted to do this Twin Peaks episode he was probably like well let's get him if we can can't get the whole episode you know I think he might come back again throughout the series a couple more times if That's I remember correctly. Cool. I, I always love it when he shows up on a tv show it's always yeah. a fun tv show that I would oh, watch <laughs> yeah.
2: I would say my favorite Ray Wise cameo was in Fargo a lot oh. when he showed up at the uh, the bowling alley at the bar that was really good and then on the plane man it was like his part was so good and so important to the whole or the story that I didn't feel like I needed more of him because it was just so perfect it was just so
4: I perfect I haven't seen
0: Fargo you saw it though Christian right
4: I've not seen the movie I've only seen the show it, he's in the show it's uh, season two I believe two. he's I at the bar and stuff like he was at a bar he's on with... the plane he's on the plane in the bar uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I... he's a great actor
0: I've, I've that's one of those shows on my list of ones to yes. watch someday
4: <laughs> very bingeable
0: yeah <laughs> I can never remember shows like binge though
1: <laughs> At- Do you know where, I mention that? that? I mean so they're they they're, they're translating they need he, the the father there Ray Wise needs to translate the Latin for oh right them, and that's where they get into like I can tell you about uh what is it, the, the J, like the, yeah, she's referring to his name as an R and then they're also mentioning a, a, a J, but it's, I mean, Twin Peaks did that again, That the, in the first season we were talking about, worried about meeting J. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's 126. I mean, that was like a straight homage. Yeah. <laughs> so they go back to the library after that and Maudette tells them that she likes to dance all night long. <laughs> And they get the earbook. It's like super thin. And there were only six people in the graduating class, <laughs> which was big.
1: And way <laughs> right before uh, that, before the whole dance thing, she said, Gus was wondering
5: if you'd like to be his date to Betty Boop Night at the Roadhouse. They don't have a Betty Boop Night at the Roadhouse. <laughs> well, they don't have my business anymore either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like Roadhouse. What does that I mean, for somebody who doesn't know Twin Peaks, what does that even mean? The Roadhouse. But that that's <laughs> really is a Twin Peaks reference. But.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her flirting with Gus. Well, <laughs> Sean figures out that Jack Shepard is important, so they go to ask Hensley questions. And Jack, when they get their photographer, they find out he was with Paula until a year ago, I guess, um, dating her. But they stayed friends, and they suspect him for a murder- of the murder for a second, but then they realize that he's mostly blind.
1: Hmm, <laughs> 30%.
5: I gotta tell you, you are the highest functioning blind person that I've ever seen. I'm not technically blind. I still have 30% vision in my right eye. For now. A couple years ago, I developed early onset macular degeneration. I'm sensing it was around 05? Yeah, that's right. Where were you the night Paula disappeared? I was with her. At the beginning of the night.
0: but he was with Paula earlier on the night of her death he got knocked out but when he came to she was gone so they look at the film that he shot that night and they see Randy in one of the photos but currently Jules is with Randy and the ominous music starts and (laughs) she goes inside with him and we cut to a commercial (laughs) okay I'm Juliet O'Hara
5: Randy Randy Jackson Years hey, of police work, I've never seen anything like it. I know. On December 1st. I know who killed Paula Merrill. Don't miss the tribute to the groundbreaking series Twin Peaks. Three cinnamon pies, please.
2: Damn fine cup of cider.
5: And it's a damn fine episode. Epic. Psych. All new and supersized Wednesday, December 1st to 10 on USA. Characters, welcome. Are you
2: having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in Quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Fire Walk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more. This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now. Supplies are very limited. Go to bluerosemag.com today.
0: Back from commercial, Randy is sawing wood (laughs) while Jules (laughs) waits. Randy is kind of creepy as he asks Jules what she weighs. (laughs) And just then, the psych boys run in. Hey! Get your wood out of
5: her face, Randy.
0: Randy admits to knocking out Jack on that night of her death. And Randy spends a lot of time with his ex-girlfriend, we find out. But he swears he didn't do it. And then Sean figures out that Maudette was the secret ex-secret uh, girlfriend. <laughs> and I wrote, I really want some cinnamon pie. So I guess they're eating pie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great thing is, they're, 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 this is the same place. They're eating pie as they walk down the road. So, yeah. Oh, so yeah, okay. <laughs> and the forks, and they're literally just eating and talking and walking and eating pie. <laughs> it's
0: really funny. I really wanted some pie watching this <laughs>
1: I've never heard of cinnamon pie,
2: but I kept thinking it would taste dry. I don't know. To me, it doesn't sound delicious, but I want some. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
4: Christian
0: is the food expert.
2: It'd be like a, a pecan pie, but
4: just throw cinnamon inside and no pecans. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like a buttery <laughs> thing. Oh, okay. Sounds delicious. know, yeah. Or maybe
0: bad. like a cream pie or something. Yeah. Okay. So Sh- Sean suspects Maudette now because she's a secret girlfriend. And so they go to find her and they find her dead. Oh, oh no,
5: no. <laughs> Monette! That's no good. Oh I am so sick of this town.
0: Uh, the the doc go. sheriff think she did it because her reputation would be ruined when everybody found out about her and Randy. And that's when Sean discovers a wire leading to the library. I don't know if we mentioned that the town has no internet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we they, did have my they have a webpage. They have a webpage but no internet, nor cell service, but they found a wire, yeah. It's all yeah. coming together now. <laughs>
0: yeah, because <laughs> Maudette secretly had the internet the whole time, and she <laughs> was the one who emailed Psych. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as they make this discovery, they also discovered that they're locked in her office and there's smoke coming in from the under the door, and we're left with a cliffhanger.
5: Gus, not messing around. I'm not, Sean. Sean? Yes, Gus. Something's burning. You see that? Help
3: us! Someone help us! We're stuck in this tiny room! Help
0: us out! We come back and smoke is pouring in and someone in black chops through the door. That's kind of, I don't know, is that a Twin Peaks reference or just a Shining reference? It it felt
1: very Shining. I was waiting (laughs) for somebody to poke their head through the door there and say,
0: here's Johnny! (laughs) Yes.
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: But whoever the mysterious figure is, he saves them. And we find out that it was Father Wesley. (laughs) Ray
3: Wise!
0: Yay! (laughs) He figured out that they were in trouble by what Paula wrote. And when he got to town, he saw the smoke and the tandem bicycle. And he just figured he better save the day. (laughs) And he also says that his hair turned white because of a bad dye job. Which is another reference.
2: (laughs) Another reference.
0: Yep, yep. And then just then, Bob pulls up to rescue them. And he takes them to a cabin with a lot of red curtains. Mm-hmm. And there's a portrait of his grandfather who founded Dual Spires. And he looks very much like Major Briggs.
2: Yeah, I thought that was like mm. my, one of my favorite things that Major the, Briggs. The portrait? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was so cool.
0: Yeah, it definitely looked like it could be in the Briggs household, <laughs> like right. on their wall. <laughs> yeah. We find out there were three founding families and everything was perfect until the sawmill fire which I guess we found out the sawmill was the diner previously. But but after that, they wouldn't let any outsiders in, and even Paula was looked on with suspicion in the town. And secretly, Bob was her father the whole time, and his wife does not know. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, okay, (laughs) just let's skate by that one.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: And they make reference
2: to uh, the village.
5: It's in the absolute worst in man. He decided to settle here with two other soldiers from his squadron and their families. I was wrong. He isn't witness. This is The Village. The Village was a ridiculous film. Those we do not speak of. Remember all that nonsense? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, you know, another uh, a reference on a reference on a reference. Sort of yes.
0: Like. Well, Christian was just... talking about how it reminded him of the village and I was like, well, they made the reference to the village.
2: (laughs) We forgot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's so many references. It's like, I'm sure I missed several of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just then, the doc and sheriff come in with guns drawn. They say the Barkers and the Goodens were the other two founding families and they were responsible for the murders and now they're planning to kill the rest of them as well. And just when things look hopeless, Lasseter and Juliet show up and arrest the murderers. <laughs> and we said who the murderers
1: were? Basically, so right, it was the. Uh... Oh yeah, Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> the sheriff and the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: Laura Palmer and Harold Smith. There. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thunk? Yeah.
0: I know what a different show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was Maddie. Imagine the if whole Harry
0: time. had done it the whole time. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was it was Maddie and Harry. Yeah.
0: Like- <laughs> or um Doc Hayward and Sheriff Truman.
2: Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The least likely. So back at the diner, um we see Jack in a red suit <laughs> and he's got uh an eye patch. And he's looks very much like the arm and he puts some money into the jukebox and starts dancing. Jules and Sean and Gus and Father Wesley are all eating pie. And Carlton looks just like Agent Cooper as he's trying a cup of cider. And-
3: that is a
5: damn
0: fine cup of cider. <laughs> 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 and we see a giant order three cinnamon pies, please. And also, there's someone in a helmet hitting his head on the counter, like a la Jack Horn.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And all the characters are dancing. Randy is barking out of a window at a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jules and Sean decide to leave when confronted by all of this weirdness. <laughs> and then the credits roll over a homecoming picture, presumably a fall <laughs> Yeah,
2: awesome. you know that last scene in the diner? Um, I'm trying to remember now. I, I believe I'm right. I could be wrong. But it was cool. It was like one continuous shot from that jukebox. You know, like they mm-hmm. came out and you saw these characters come around. And then it, it, it might have cut to the Cooper character. But then when they went back, it was another continuous shot of them leaving with the craziness just happening around them. I thought it was kind of well, it was really cool. And yeah. that, was, yeah. that shot wasn't took forever. If we ever had <laughs> the guy uh, some psych on the show, which we wanted to, I don't think it will happen. That would be my big question. Doing that last shot. It seemed yeah. like a lot oh, yeah. of fun. And A Dan Ashbrook's
1: uh, Bob character there, he is very much dressed like Bobby Briggs. Yeah. He is walking backwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Bobby has done, like running back in the pilot, how he ran backwards and stuff. So I like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Thank you for the recap. That was awesome. Thank oh, you. Oh, my that. pleasure. <laughs> well, Ben, what now
2: on Peacock, and I'm, I watch it on Amazon Prime, and it seems like this is the only two places that it is streaming. It was 15 minutes. It was a 15-minute
1: episode. The, on the DVD, the fifth season five DVD, there is an extended version of this. I want to say, I could be wrong. I want to say it's six minutes longer. And some of the stuff that's not uh, that that's that extended was when they originally come to the town, dual spires there's actually a longer time before they actually get to town. Like they're going through woods and there's like music and like, there's a whole, like, I remember seeing it for the first time thinking, wow, they got to town really quickly. Like you're, you're from their office and all of a sudden they're basically walk into town. Yeah. And they walked out of the woods too. They they walked walked to the woods. So there was a whole wood sequence. So there was like a few minutes of the woods and you're listening to the cure and they're just doing that.
5: We circled three times. There's no road that leads to dual spires. I don't think this place exists. I think someone with the knowledge of our cinnamon weakness is messing with this. I wouldn't call it a weakness. I mean it is the world's tastiest spice, guys. The drop-off to nutmeg is quite significant.
1: And then there was um there was a scene where I believe it's the Barker's house and there is a is it a is it a deer? I don't know if it is a deer. It's some kind of head animal on the on the table or something uh, kind of similar to the pilot uh, <laughs> i think there's an extended version of that where the wife is talking about that uh, that just lying there pleasure to meet you detectives this is my wife paula
5: no honey that's not paula that's the musa shot last month Doc, couldn't just stuffed it for us.
1: so those are the ones i remember that they added i so said i don't think we missed that much i think we
0: yeah. yeah, and I think that maybe the dance scene was extended a little bit, like the okay. ending sequence. Uh, yeah, just from what they said on that Pally Center thing. But it's been a while. But I do, when you said walking through the woods, it like triggered a memory. I was like, yeah, I think I have, I've definitely seen it at some point. I just. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It seems like every minute there's some Twin Peaks reference. There was the chocolate bunny on the on the on the psych office. Oh, I didn't see that. John Spencer here. He was he was looking at his computer and they panned to a chocolate bunny. It's like, (laughs) is it the bunny? Uh, (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh. I, I missed it. That show is always so chock full of references, and this one especially. Like, there's always a pineapple somewhere in an episode, and oh, yeah. I never ever catch them because there's just always so much going on. I don't know. So either. I'm sure I missed like a ton of
2: stuff. Yeah, what's with the? You know, you mentioned the pineapple. and Now I'm I'm going back, remembering the commercials and a pineapple or something of that nature being part of the logo, or I see a pineapple associated with the word psych. <laughs> So maybe maybe that's why now it it all comes yeah,
0: together. I think in maybe the first episode Sean brings a pineapple as a gift to someone and in like almost every episode there's a pineapple somewhere in the episode. Oh,
1: <laughs> <I referenced. laughs>
0: They must have just really liked pineapples on that set.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So they were, they had talked about actually wanting to maybe make another episode of dual spires and maybe bring Kyle McLaughlin or other people. I don't know if that was just wishful thinking, but I mean, of course it never happened. I'm trying, I don't even remember how many seasons psych was on it. was on many years and they, they've just done a new movie with Peacock and things like that. But there was, there was talk, at least they thought about it. Like, wouldn't it be fun to come back and, and do another episode?
0: Yeah. I have, um, even though I find it hard to watch TV sometimes, I do have a certain soft spot for shows that just go on forever and are just like good forever. And the fact yeah. that it's like still producing movies now just makes me happy. <laughs> That's
1: fun. We have anything else we want to share about this episode that we? I mean, there's so I love all the details. Of all and it was it was fun. <laughs> it was fun to see all the the actors from Twin Peaks come back. And uh, I thought it was kind of
2: cool to see Harold Smith. He had the white hair. You know, and he looks—I don't know—older.
1: Everybody's, you know, that's yeah. That's but 20, you look cool with the white hair. After Twin Peaks, and
2: yeah, I, I mean, I can't wait till I have a pure white hair. I mean, <laughs> my beard's already on its I'm way. I'm working on it. <laughs> You're working on, yeah. I mean, with quarantine, I hope that speeds up the process. Twenty twenty has sped up the whiteness in the hair. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for many reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was awesome.
0: Yeah. Did you guys have uh, like a favorite moment? In the episode like a favorite part i always like those favorite moments
1: (laughs) i don't know if i have a favorite moment right now but some of the one-liners like there's a one-liner where when um jules is by herself with uh with the high school student i can't think of his name right this second randy and and sean comes in and says
4: your wood out
1: of her face randy <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the two by fours four by eights he's cutting the wood and he's got the wood yes cuts, yes it's just like get your wood out of your out of her face i don't know it's just a so strange <laughs>
2: <her> yeah <laughs> it went in line with twin peaks with the uh with those weird i mean they did the same thing you know uh fresh squeezed oranges all that stuff Remember? Yes, it's very bizarre very innuendo kind of stuff yeah
0: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favorite moment, Christian?
4: I was just about to say those like little one-liners when they find the diary and they're reading through it, and they get to the part where it's in Latin, and um, Sean like yells out, "What is this language? Is this Chinese?" No. And it's like clearly written in like English letter manuscript, <laughs> <laughs> not Chinese whatsoever. It just made me laugh.
0: i don't know if i can say a favorite for myself um except for i really loved the last scene just because it was like a little encapsulation of the whole twin peaks in the episode but i mean i just really love psych so much and i love twin peaks and it was just it's like to me a perfect episode of television
4: (laughs) it was really good
2: yeah i mean honestly this episode makes me you know i'm more curious about watching psych since I know now they do more things, they do things like this a lot, which is kind of cool. But you can tell the writers and all of them, they put a lot of so many references in this, and usually it's not that many, you know. Yeah. So I, I think they did such a great job. You know, I I mean, yeah. if, if anybody listening who's never seen Psych or this episode, I mean, you're in for a treat, really. It really is. Oh
0: yeah, it's a real yeah. love letter. Yeah. to the show. Yeah, you could tell he loved the show and you know i mean pokes fun at just the right places without you know ever being you know really making fun of it but you know just embracing those moments
1: (laughs) PLA center special they did a whole they they didn't get all all the actors but they brought a bunch of them came and there was a whole discussion about this specific episode and they, it was mentioned that jennifer lynch liked the episode and then uh, Catherine colson said that uh Lynch was thrilled about the episode. Anything that helps people remember Twin Peaks is good. So it was nice to hear that. uh, Wow. You know, (laughs) he sort of endorsed it. He he thought it was a fun episode. High praise, high praise from the man.
0: (laughs) I was really impressed with that too. (laughs) And I did also write down that um, Cheryl Lee was friends with Tim Amundsen, who plays Carlton. They've been friends for years. And so that's how she got involved with the show.
1: And I was wondering, I feel like both of them do theater, I think. So it'd be interesting. Uh-huh. I'd, be, I'd be curious yes. to see where their connection was. Was it theater or was it, you know, another acting gig or how that happened? But yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I would say my my favorite part is the opening theme, how they did that, and then the ending theme. But I
1: would go – Julie Cruz, what, both times.
2: Yeah, both times. I thought that was so cool. And then, you know, like you said, my the very ending um, – it encapsulates the, the whole feel. They get all the references you couldn't cram in during the show. We got it all at the end. And I yeah. I just, I want to know more about how it was filmed. I really like, was it one take? Was there any uh, hidden edits in there? I, I just like stuff like that. That was really well done.
0: Yeah. I want to give a special shout out for um, the moment by the lake where they find the body and it's all the melodramatic music and they're crying Mm. and that's like some of the stuff we love the most when we watch it is like all the really soap opera bits. So I just really love that part too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, talking about soap opera, another line by uh, Sean was, what did he say? Um, He says here, what is it with all the secret relationships in this town? But it, it's true, like everybody's dating everybody. And that was Twin Peaks, right? I mean, it's a soap opera. like. And he mentions General Hospital and stuff like that. Again, yep. a reference that nobody nobody has watches TV in town either except for Everwood. <laughs> so again, well, I don't know what he's talking about.
0: I was reading some of you guys, your book that's about, or that just came out recently. And I saw Audrey talking about, when she was cast and she talking to David Lynch about how there's so many secret relationships going on in this town, so that's funny. It's just like the right. simplicity right there. Yeah, when she was
1: first being interviewed, I mean when she was first auditioning for Twin Peaks, she like, she was, she's so blunt and honest. It's like, so David Lynch is like, oh, what do you think? And she's, well, I don't know. Everybody's hooking uh, <laughs> up with everybody. And okay. like, yeah. Yeah,
2: (laughs) and when I started watching the show, I said to Ben, "This is like a soap opera. Everyone, it's like I was like, oh, Twin Peaks. Everyone's got like a wife and then a person on the side. They always have. They can't just be dating one person. They have to be connected
1: (laughs) to two people. Like everybody. And I don't know if it's discussed enough that uh, you know, David Lynch loves soap operas. He used to watch soap operas all the time. Like he would watch these shows when he had time. And Mark Frost, who came from Hill Street Blues it had somewhat of a a soap opera storyline that it was continuous and you had these relationships that were always forming. So it's interesting that that both of these creators kind of brought that to Twin Peaks.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this was the first soap opera I ever watched was Twin Peaks and I credit it for my personal love of soap operas because I only ever loved the crazy ones like Passions and Days of (laughs) Our Lives when it was especially crazy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Can you share more about Manners and Madness podcast? Like, it's Twin Peaks, but it's more than Twin Peaks, right? And-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, um, it's po- polar opposite of each other. <laughs> it's uh, two things mixed into one. We're a Jane Austen and a David Lynch podcast because they're just like my two favorite artists <laughs> and Christian has was pretty unfamiliar with both of them, but I thought he would like both of them so and we both love podcasts so we just really were looking for something to do and it started off as a Jane Austen podcast but I was like maybe we could just do you know some David Lynch every once in a while just to break it up so that we, we don't get bored and it didn't take more than like one conversation before like no let's just do both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah we like to do um, you know every month or so we'll do a episode where we try to mash up what we've seen and you know think about how we could put the two together like how would we put Twin Peaks with Northanger Abbey because we did that one for like four months or something Mm. we read the book and watched the first season of Twin Peaks at the same time it was really it I think it's interesting because we we really have been pulling out some interesting things from Jane Austen and from David Lynch by watching them both together
4: <laughs> nice yeah. there are a lot of shocking similarities I would say
0: yeah
4: <laughs> that you would never think but I guess that really kind of speaks to the kind of work that they both do I guess and like you see a lot of similarities in cultural reset kind of works
0: I feel like the longer we go the more we'll find because there are definitely some Jane Austen adaptations from like the 80s that are very still and presentational and I'm like I bet if we were watching the right David Lynch at the same time we'd be like it, these are like <laughs> it could have been made at the, <laughs> the same time <laughs> isn't that something so our dream is to know how david lynch would direct a jane austen adaptation
1: <laughs> oh that's, a, that's, that's pretty cool. cool and you recently covered uh rabbits which is my favorite uh david uh, uh videos that he made back in the day
0: yeah i think didn't you say they were your favorite christian when we did the one year anniversary yeah one of your favorites
4: out of all the shorts that we did, I found, I thought I had the most fun watching it because it was just so, like I didn't know what to expect going in and you have these like, the set that looks like it's a miniature set, but it's mm. full size and it's like, you know, there's so many like Naomi Watts I wouldn't expect to just like show up in a rabbit costume and stand up and for applause for <laughs> during this <laughs> ridiculous like, dystopian creepy just scene. It's just, it was so interesting to me. I thought it was so cool. <sighs>
0: So uh, did you have a theory on what it's about then?
2: Gosh, do I, I I don't even know anymore. My We goodness. had we did a we did a plot about it. And we, we did, but I we can't hit even, I can't remember some interesting things.
1: I think I had back in when we when we did it, I think I had things to say, but now I can't even remember now. I mean Yeah. I mean I mean, are they in purgatory? I can't remember now. It was it was it was we strange because I, they're kind of like seemed to be stuck in this place. And then at one point there was like a demon thing that was there over the house like so yeah i i think that was my theory that whether they were kind of stuck there even though the door they would come and go they, through the door you never really left that that space it's cool i loved it it was really good it's strange <laughs> to see that first and then have that be brought into emperor uh
0: Inland empire, empire?
1: Uh, yeah like it, they, they, they use some of that but it's like i you're so i'm so used to the story being rabbits by itself to include it into the film now it was 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 a little hard. It was for me it was a little jarring. I, I still glad that, that we were able to bring it into the movie. It's just different.
0: Uh, I haven't actually that's like the like one thing I've never seen. And so I'm just waiting until we do it for the podcast now because oh. it's so rare that there's anything new for me yeah. on the podcast.
1: <laughs> that's cool. So yeah. I'm
0: excited to see that. Yeah. You, yeah. you know,
2: don't watch that movie late at night because <laughs> i mean watch it when you're wide awake have some coffee and the first time i saw rabbits was in inland empire and then we did rabbits later on so i saw it in the movie for me it made sense in the film but i i i totally get what ben's saying because you're so used to seeing it one way
1: yeah um, i kind of think of its own thing and i don't know how it go it's hard to see it in the movie, it another context like right in
2: this- yeah i could see where it it there's a there's a through line because it's these rabbits having a day over and over and over again and the movie's kind of about something that's just repeating over and over again so i I could see the through line i could see why he did that but was it needed was he padding time i don't know the movie was long enough (laughs) um it's a very very interesting film <laughs> it's very interesting. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. I don't want to spoil it, but it's very interesting. And you know We
1: look forward to you guys covering it. Yeah,
2: I re, you know, I will subscribe I'm gonna to subscribe to your show today, which I think <laughs> everybody should. And I will be very excited to listen to you guys talk about that movie. When I saw it, I mean if I if there was no season three coming or anything, the movie to me almost felt like, Oh, this is David Lynch's final film. I felt that mm. way to me watching it wow, right yeah. if, you, if you were like season three wasn't happening or lynch wasn't doing any more movies it kind of felt like it was a goodbye a goodbye film right. That's all i'm gonna but say
0: that, it feels like he's putting out new content every day so it's yeah. like he'll never <laughs> say goodbye <laughs>
1: i'm so happy i know i loved david com back in the day You had to be a subscriber and pay money to, to see his videos and now he's just doing it for free on youtube i mean it's it,
0: it's amazing it's, yeah I feel like, well, for me personally, as soon as all of this pandemic started, I was like, I just started putting out my, I'm a photographer, so I started putting out my photos every day, which I normally never did, just on Instagram. And it was just like, I just felt the need to be constantly producing stuff and trying to reach out to people. So I feel like maybe he's feeling the same way and I'm Mm -hmm. very grateful for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It is a strange year. I mean, Brian, you and I had the book out right before march didn't we like we yeah. our, our book came out luckily actually, right
2: before everything yeah right yeah
1: yeah right before so it was kind of like we had plans to do like little tours right maybe do library readings and and things like that we had all these plans and then it was like ah, oh, we're not going to do that <laughs> what are we yeah. going to do now but, uh,
0: yeah our podcast at this point has been on longer in quarantine than we were out of quarantine or something? post-pandemic or whatever yeah i
2: think the pandemic <laughs> has been good for podcasting you know,
0: well, it's certainly, <laughs> I feel like all of my friends are now starting them. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely inspired a lot of people to want to make them. So I, that's great. Right. Yeah, I love, I love podcasts. I love tiny podcasts about just one person's random passions because I just love listening to people talk about stuff they love.
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So true. So for your listeners, you know, we're Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And we've been doing this for about five years, Brian and I, uh, we started off with Brian going through the whole series. We had never seen twin peaks. We went through the whole, I think we did that. In, was it was two years. I think it was, did it take us two years to do, I think it took us about two years to get through the whole, Almost, the whole yeah. series until we got to the new season. And then we covered season three and then we've just done interviews and, and we just love having, uh, friends of the show talk about their books and what they're working on. And, uh, Then we decided, we decided, boy, for the 30th anniversary, we should put out a book with all the interviews we've done with people over the years. So, uh, you know, yeah. So we'll keep going. We'll go for till June, and then we're wrapping it up. We'll be done. We'll have done six years of of the podcast. Yeah.
0: Wow. I've been listening to you guys for a really long time. I love your podcast. I've tried out so many Twin Peaks podcasts, and a lot of them I've just kind of like fallen off of, but y'all are just the premier one. and. I, I started I mean, I've got your book and I've been reading it a little bit, but I was so impressed by it because I don't know, did you guys do an audiobook version? I feel like I remember.
2: I want to. Brian I, I, to. I want <laughs> to. I want to. So my idea. Oh my, no, here you go. So Maya and Christian, I'm gonna tell you my idea. And if you say you you should do that, Brian, it gives no. me more clout that <laughs> it happen because Ben is against it. My idea was, and it really can't happen. It really can't, but here was my idea. Ben and myself like to make extra work for ourselves. We are not writers. We're not writers. We're talkers. So we know our strengths. We know things we're not good at. So (laughs) it was basically, here's our notes for each episode, but we're going to go in the studio and talk and record that because Ben might think of something that he didn't write down. And I'm more a person, I would write and i just read it off. And if I had an extra, I would. This is
1: all you can prepare for the book. The book. So, and then we would we, transcribe nope. it. So it was notes, <laughs> audio, transcribe. So we like to do a lot
2: of work for ourselves.
1: A lot of work. A lot of work. We need to do. Yeah.
2: But it's just the way our workflow was. So anyway, I had the idea I was like, Ben, since we're recording this, why don't I, after the book comes out, compile these recordings that nobody has ever heard, and make it into a book, the <laughs> audiobook. We can have an audiobook, and it'd be all done. And we wouldn't. It would be. It would be like Lynch's audiobook for his his memoirs that came out, right? Before. Where it wasn't like,
1: actually a, a, a identical.
2: It was an unbridged. It was basically him just saying riffing. things. Yeah, it was riffing, and he wasn't repeating what was in the book. And a lot of people were like. Wow, I'm getting a different experience from the audiobooks than I am from reading. I thought that was so cool. Like you know, like I don't want to get an audiobook of a book I can read. It's the same thing. Who cares? But if I could if I
1: can essentially get an audiobook but it's a little bit different See, Brian could say all this because yeah. he had his notes and he had his act together, whereas I did not have my act together, and so I was still putting my thoughts together yeah, when I, I know. had to redo the book again. I mean, <laughs> when I was
2: yeah, so it couldn't work, yeah. right? Because Ben right. had nothing to say because he was still focusing on it. So, if things had happened differently, I'm like, that would be awesome, right? Yes. Just here's but- the audio recordings, but. Uh, but we know, have maybe. the book
1: i mean we have uh, we're running low on the book we're only doing one printing and that's it so we have a little bit left for the for the book to purchase you know physical book and then also you can get the digital uh version of it on on amazon the kindle version yeah the best way you can get it for you know 1999 is the blue rose
0: you should get it through there because i love them they produce a lot of great stuff and i have to say as an avid audiobook listener and I've listened to several podcast <laughs> audiobooks. I love listening to pod- podcast audiobooks because it's like listening to the podcast. And it's just like a really long version of the podcast. And your book is already written out in such a way that it feels like it's a play, like it's written out with dialogue. So I just think if you ever wanted to make all that extra work for yourself, it would be so worth it. I would enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah
1: it's brian's project if he wants to but yeah i could
2: possibly pull that off somehow i mean maybe next year once we've stopped the show we can be like oh surprise surprise an audio (laughs) book
0: well was all the other stuff from your audio interviews already like stuff you already recorded
2: yeah. And new ones. I mean, we got new interviews just for the book.
0: Oh, well. new interviews. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah.
1: And sure. some of them we've been sharing this year. We have actually been sharing some of our interviews. We did Dwayne Dunham. That was specifically for the book. We're now releasing in, as a podcast and stuff. So
0: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to use the book for a, a resource for our podcast in the future. Oh, awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, you know, honestly, when Ben had the idea for the book, I mean – you know that was his idea was this could be a great resource for people that you read a chapter you watch the episode and it gives you insight to that episode and the book is not meant to be read all at once it's meant to be as a resource or just hey I read that chapter now I know a little bit more about about it because each
1: chapter doesn't really
2: spoil much
1: yeah I don't Uh, don't uh, believe
2: so you could read it and be safe.
1: And yeah. it really is a community book. I mean, besides the, the, the 100 cast and crew that contributed to the book, we have over 50 people in the community that participated. And I think that's, I me, what it's all about. Like, we, we all kind of feed off each other and stuff. You know, I've learned stuff from other people, you know, whether it be Brad Dukes or uh, Stephen Miller or any people, You 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 get things that they've learned and you're able to kind of go with that and say, well, maybe I can learn about this now. And I think that's what it should be. out. Oh, we should all be helping each other out and stuff. So I hope that this book is helpful to some people and kind of makes, gives them a direction that they can go in.
0: Oh, I love that too. I loved the like community rewatch parts with like the little chapter, little yeah. paragraphs at the end with other podcasts. I was like, Oh my gosh, this podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so with <laughs> manners and madness how do people uh follow you like uh, you're on social media and how do they get your podcast um well we have a twitter at manners madness
4: that's probably where you'll see most of our activity maya will sometimes do some tarot readings related she has like twin peaks and jane austen like decks and everything that she'll do um we also have an instagram at manners that we post sometimes to, sometimes interact with people through DMs and stuff. And then we have a Gmail, madness at gmail.com. And then we have our website, and we've got have the ability to leave a voicemail, like cool. a little like minute long voice message. And so that's been really, yeah. that's really great.
0: Cool. That's mannersandmadness.com. Yes. And if you go there, then you can also find all of our platforms that we're distributed on.
2: It's found on iTunes. So I oh, just subscribe to <laughs> you guys. There you
1: go.
0: we do a thing at the end of our podcast where we ask for a recommendation of something you enjoyed recently that's outside of the twin peaks or jane austen universe
1: <laughs> oh i i like i like stuff like that, I like stuff like that. <laughs> brian does that all the time on our show <laughs> i do i do
2: yeah um like it, it never
1: gets recorded but i always like to ask what people are doing ben you want to go first on that what you I I just finished The the Haunting of Bly Manor which is on Netflix which is um it's an anthology you know I think it was the the haunting anthology they did one two couple years ago and stuff like that I I enjoyed it a lot and stuff I mean it's so it's a it's scary what's that
0: is it very scary I I I don't think it's overly
1: scary I think it's a nice balance I mean that there's some like you know you might get shocked here and there and it's more (laughs) creepy but it's not it's not gory and it's I don't think it's overly scary it's it's a nice balance of a, it's more of a, a just great acting and i think it's a well-made story and it's got a twin peaks vibe in the sense of how they're able to structure stories sometimes whether it be dreams or whatever you want to call this i think they did a nice job sometimes how they told the story it's really well made i mean the the, the previous season they're they're individual stories so there's a different house different characters than this one so the haunting of blind manor is i think I want to say it's nine episodes and stuff, but it's it's really well made. It's a great story. If you're a twin, if you like Twin Peaks, I feel like this is something that would be in your your wheelhouse of things that you like.
0: Yeah, I watched Hill House, but I thought it was too scary to watch alone, so (laughs) it wasn't perfect to watch Man or not.
1: (laughs) Oh, so then you know of it. I mean, similar. I don't. I don't. Some people probably won't even say it's as scary as that. I don't know. It's it's creepy factors, but you you got the vibe of it, and some of those same actors that were in that other sh- season there is, are back for this one, so it's great to see them as other characters, and I I, I just liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, awesome.
2: I would say two things. I, I watched the new Borat film, and it was hilarious. <laughs> I loved it for many many reasons. Since I'm working from home at, at lunchtime, I've been catching up on my half hour shows. That I've have like haven't watched when I was going into work. So now I'm like, oh, I can watch a half hour show. I have lunch. And I've watched I've caught up in a lot of them. But one show I went back to from my childhood, um, that's on Crackle. Nobody talks about it really, but is Parker Lewis Can't Lose. And I was obsessed with that show as a kid. And I watched all season one. I'm in season two right now. And it was before Ferris Bueller. They did it first, not Ferris Bueller. And there was a Ferris Bueller Bueller TV show that was in competition, but they got canceled. So I've been so into Parker Lewis, I was like on podcast trying to find if um, people had a part. Nobody has a Parker Lewis Can't Lose podcast, but (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) Cormick. Uh, Are Cormac. you now straight here, Ryan? that you're starting your own? No, I don't want to start
2: one. I have enough, but I wanted to hear others talk about it. But uh, uh, Cormac, uh, the lead actor there, he was on a few shows, and I listened to him, and he, he did talk about the history of the show and what he does now. And so season three, there were three seasons of Parker lose Can't Lose. I will not watch season three. It's not on Crackle. That's one reason. It's not on DVD.
1: That's right. trying to do his own podcast right here. He's starting. No, no.
2: So, so a quick, interesting history. A mini series part- podcast. I know, a mini series. <laughs> but part- it's such a great show because it was so different and crazy. And I, that's what I loved about it. It was like Twin Peaks in a way because it was different. It was against the norm. It was, you know, counterculture against what was happened. you know, what was out. So, uh, the Murdochs bought Fox. And,. The new suits came in. Now, this is how he tells the story. The new people come into town to Fox and they say, We want your show to be more like 90210. Hmm. So, season three, they scrapped all the craziness. They scrapped the hair, the swatches. They got rid of uh, a Lemmer, who was uh, Muso's right hand man, who was, um, they, they fired him and they, they made it more dramatic. And he, uh, he talks about how it was the worst. <laughs> season he goes he hated working it he said Mm. it was horrible and they got canceled after this they did a whole season three he said it was awful but you can't you can't watch it it's not on dvd it's not streaming but if you can just watch the first two seasons on crackle it's free oh my god it brings me back to the 90s uh late I totally remember
0: that that show being on
2: (laughs) no it was such a so crazy and yeah they did it before ferris bueller uh, which i didn't is realize that.
1: i didn't know i thought it was a real well, true though no it is it's they, true it, for the tv show but it's not true for the movie this came up ferris bueller came out i believe in the 80s
2: yeah but the show wasn't based on ferris bueller there was a show in the uk that this show was based off of but they never based, they said maybe the tv show but they said it was never based off ferris bueller they made quips okay. about ferris bueller in the show they made digs about it. They make digs about other shows that were on, like Erie, Indiana, Baris ah. Bueller. They would be like, thank you for not watching Erie, Indiana. Like some guy's holding a sign in the background that says that. I mean, there are so many weird things <laughs> in the show. Oh, and I, mean, I loved it. I love it. I highly recommend it. It's just my favorite <laughs> thing right now.
1: No. What, do you, what about you, Maya? What are you, what are you into watching right now?
0: Mm, Well, I was actually going to recommend a video game because I, um, I can get into video games. games. Yeah. Uh, there's one that I've been playing before I go to sleep at night because it's one of my favorites and it's called Botanicula, Hmm. B-O-T-A-N-I-C-U-L-A, I think. And you're just like, um, these little acorns and little tree, um, like pollens and stuff you're like four of them and you're trying to save the tree from these big black tree sucking monsters (laughs) but it's very sweet and it's kind of um it's not like super sacred, but it's just a really fun game the the studio that makes it animita studios has just every game they've ever made i've loved so wow um but botanicula is a really cute one it's fun. Well, what platform Definitely. is it
1: on? Like yeah. is it PC or is it,
0: you can play it on iOS and switch that I know of. I'm, well, actually I don't know if that one's on switch. I know it's on iOS. It's probably mm-hmm. on Android as well. I would think any of those wow. kind of mobile platforms.
1: Yeah. Neat. <laughs> check Christian, it out. I
0: know you had one, a recommendation.
4: Yes. I am going to change it because I just remembered something that I'm watching. Um, <laughs> I've been watching uh, We Are Who We Are on HBO. It's a new Luca Guadagnino show. He directed Calling By Your Name, the new Suspiria remake. And I just really love it. I love shows that are really beautiful. And they're kind of, there's nothing fantastical about it. It's just kind of like everyday people. But it's just, um, he's Italian and all his movies are shot in Italy. They're always mm-hmm. like the most like, beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. and <laughs> And it's just about these two kids who live on an Italian-American military base. And it takes place like right around 2016 during the election. There are like Trump ads playing in the background and all this (laughs) stuff.
3: Uh,
4: But it's just about them growing up. Like one of them is from New York City and one of them grew up on the Italian base. And it's just like them growing up together and kind of discovering themselves. And it's just really, it's just really good. And the actors are all really great. It's got, um, oh, I don't remember his name, but he was in the It movie. He played one of the kids.
0: Yep, yep. Oh, the wolf, the no, or something? Jack
4: Dylan Grazer. You'd Who? recognize me. Jack Dylan Grazer. You'd recognize me. You oh,
2: okay. He was okay. the one that like um he he had to take medication because his mom was yeah, his mom. mom
4: was like a little like <laughs> overbearing and yes, you know, yep. like Oh, like oh, okay, okay, okay. But he's just really good in it, and I just really love it. <sighs> I have I'll
0: definitely seen have the, to
2: check that out. Yeah, I've seen the trailer on HBO for it, and it does look good, and he looks so different. I'm like, that's yeah. a kid from It? Like, yeah. he grew really tall. <laughs> yeah. And
4: He's like 12 years older. <laughs> it's really <laughs> insane.
2: Yeah.
3: But
4: he's just so good. He's like this like little weird New York City artsy, like anti-social kid. And it's just like so, he's just you can tell how talented he is. It's so good.
2: Definitely have to check it out. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thank you for everybody for our crossover episode. If you have a comment, question, or theory, give us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped at Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. We're all the podcast places at this point. Uh, You can get our book at Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book at bluerosemag.com. Supplies are very low, $19.99. And we'll be back before the end of the year for our uh, Twin Peaks in 2020.
0: (laughs) Yes. And for our part, I'll just say thank you so much. Buy their book because it's great and you don't want to miss out. We'll see you guys next week. We don't know what we're doing, but you're going to like it, I'm sure. (laughs) All right, good night. What
3: do you say we get out of here? I'm in.